Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing quite well. How are you today, David? I'm doing well. Long time no podcast. Long time no podcast. It's been at least uh, two or three months now. Yeah, we, we did the Edna podcast a couple months back, even though we released it somewhat recently. So uh, this is going to be our first uh, Blood versus Water official podcast for the season. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm more excited about this season than I was a couple months ago. I will say that. Yeah, there's still some things that I'm not super crazy about, uh, but at the same time, I think this season does have a lot of potential to be entertaining. As a lot of new gameplay and twists that uh, that have never really been seen before on Survivor, so I don't think it's going to be uh, the downfall of the entire series like uh, some people have thought. Oh, absolutely not. I think it actually is going to add quite a bit of excitement. And, you know, it really uh, really ups the ante for a lot of people who you think wouldn't normally have a good chance at winning the game on their own. But by having a family member there who knows the game and who can help them through it could potentially put some of those people in a really good position to win. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to... First of all, we're going to talk about the twists of this season... Uh, give give you our thoughts on them. Then we're going to go uh, and look at the cast person by person. We're going to share our thoughts and uh, opinions on them. And then finally, at the end, we are going to do a power ranking prediction. So what this is, how we're going to do our predictions this time, is we're going to make a list 1 through 20 of the people we think, uh, 1 being the highest, has the best chance of actually winning the game, and 20 being the lowest. So this isn't necessarily... We think the number 20th is going to be the first one out and 19 the next one out. But this is, number 20 has no shot of winning the game. Even if they made it all the way to the end, there's no way they're actually going to win. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say this right now, David. Uh, I am going to refuse to comment on one of the players simply because I've heard one spoiler of a player's placement. Uh, It was an accident. I accidentally read it in a Reddit thread. But uh, So with that, I will do 1 through 19, and I will simply leave that player out of my power rankings and my comments. Hmm, interesting. All right. Yes. You can't just... It's unfortunate. It's you can't unfortunate just lie and fudge it? Well, that's the thing. When people start to ask, well, is he, is he the type of guy who would lie, thinking that everyone would know he would tell the truth, or is he trying to use reverse psychology? What's going on here? So I figured I'd just nip it in the bud... I would uh, just not comment on that person because I think that you and I pride ourselves on being a spoiler-free podcast. That's true. Wait, wait, have integrity, Jeff. Right. Well, you're welcome. I could have, you know, I could have just won the power rankings outright if I'd put this person in the right place, and then I would have just beat you. But maybe well, I've world decided to never take the high road. Way to go! So let's talk about these twists. The first twist we have is day zero. Well, obviously, the first twist is there being loved ones together with with family members with the survivors but uh, then you have day zero what this twist is is essentially before the game starts the night before you're with your loved one secluded in the jungle somewhere by yourselves which has got to be sort of awkward for like Jervis and and his niece (laughs) (laughs) hanging out in the uncle hanging out in the forest with my uncle (laughs) But uh, And then it's apparently supposed to mess with their mind a little, make them think that maybe they're doing it together before the game actually starts. I'm going to give my opinion on this, Jeff. I think this twist is going to be absolutely irrelevant. Oh, absolutely. 
I don't think it'll do. I mean, it'll be kind of fun to make people think that they are uh, going to be together for the entire season, which was the original plan. Uh, Jeff Probst did confirm that originally they had them split up from uh, blood couples and water couples, but obviously that all went awry. But to kind of mess with their minds and all that, yeah, it'll be fun to watch them for a couple seconds, be like, oh, we're going to be together, and then get blindsided by that. But in the terms of the game, I think it's going to be totally irrelevant. Well, and I don't even think most people are going to fall for it. I mean, you got to think most of them are probably like, okay, what? why are we doing this? Obviously, something happens, so we're probably okay. split up. Like, I think it ha- will almost have the reverse effect on some people. Right. Although, you know, Jeff Probe, I mean, it could have been, it would have been so easy for them to not, to not put the twist in the episode, you know, just cut it like they were arriving that first day. Yeah. So maybe something does happen and there's a reason that they included it, but who knows? I can't imagine it's going to be anything like, unless maybe, maybe one of the couples gets in a fight or something and then they hate each other for the rest of the game. I could see someone like Tyson just breaking up with his girlfriend on day zero just for fun. So our next big twist is uh, Jeff's favorite of the entire series of Survivor. It's coming back, Redemption Island. What do you think of Redemption Island? I'm not usually a fan of Redemption Island. I think it takes away from a lot of the the other episodes. We don't get reward challenges, which is one of my biggest complaints. And we get these little hokey duel challenges that are most of the time are lame. But at the same time, I understand why they're doing it and why they're bringing it back. They want to make sure people stay as long as possible. And I do think it will make it somewhat more interesting with the secondary twists they're adding to it. I, I agree. Uh, if there's a way to if there's a way to do Redemption Island and make it work, I think this edition of the twist can, will be really interesting. Because if you think about it, not only are you putting yourself on Redemption Island for that duel, but you're putting yourself on Redemption Island for the for the entire rest of the game, and you're sending your loved one to your original tribe. So you could have a tribe of uh, you know eight returning players and one family member of a returning player which could add an interesting dynamic as well. I think that person would be voted off pretty quickly, but who knows? And so I think that it, it will add some interesting things, and you'll have, you know, uh, boyfriends and girlfriends asking each other to switch, and, you know, who, who knows what could happen, but I think it will be interesting. Yeah, so why don't you officially explain what this twist to Redemption Island is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, basically, if you are on Redemption Island and your family member is still in the game proper, in the regular part of the game, then you are allowed to switch with them if you both agree to do it, right? So if Laura Bonham is on Redemption Island, Rupert can switch places with her. Laura will go to Rupert's old tribe. Rupert will go to Redemption Island. If he wins the duel, he will stay on Redemption Island. If he loses the duel, he will go home. Uh, but I think that that will add a really interesting dynamic to the game and will, you know, I think emotions absolutely can and will get in the way of the game this time because especially with uh, husbands and wives, you know, you don't, you never want to see your husband or your wife go home, but you also don't want to risk your game. And so it's a question of who's got a better chance and what will it really be like. And Yeah, and as of, you mentioned, of... they go back to whatever tribe their loved one was on, not their original tribe. Right, so could potentially be very interesting. And then, of course, just, sorry, did you have anything else to say about Redemption Island? 
Well, I think I could like it if they did one thing. If they ended it at the merge and not continued it on until the final five. And what is your purpose for saying that? Because people have always said that, and I don't particularly see the difference between having it pre-merge and having it post-merge. Do you think it's just too big of an advantage post-merge? Yeah, I think it's a little too big of an advantage, and we've seen both times we've had Redemption Island, uh, the back at the final five has fell completely flat, and they just get voted out the very next opportunity. I mean, they can. I mean, Ozzy won one immunity in there, but... Right, so if, if, uh, let's pretend for a second Ozzy had won that that final immunity challenge, would that have made Redemption Island worth it? Or do you think that that would have made the season like, oh, well, he only won because he came back from Redemption Island? Yeah, I think the second one. I, uh, yeah. I just think that, oh, it's cool, you know, these people, they have a second chance at the game, but at a certain point, you want to see the best of the best get down to it and the strategy, and you don't necessarily want to see someone come back because they won a couple challenges. Right. And I mean, I feel like any winner who's who's returns from Redemption Island will always have an asterisk next to their name. You know, they'll never be credited with a full win simply by well, by the online community just because they, they did come back from Redemption Island. So in that regard, I think it is... I do think that Twist will add some interesting things to the game, but I'd agree that it probably is a bit too much of an advantage for certain people, um, and especially duos who are particularly physically, uh, physically fit, such as uh, when you look at like Aris and Vitus, or Tyson and Rachel, or uh, Jervis and Marissa, who are all going to be young, fit people. Yeah, and uh, I actually think something that would be interesting for Redemption Island is they're going to have three people per duel. What if the winner of the duel got to eliminate one of the other two? So if there's part strategy, part challenge, so it's not just whoever loses the challenge goes home, but whoever wins the challenge gets to eliminate one of the other two. That would be that would be really interesting. So then there's still some strategic element. It's sort of like they're still playing the game. I think I would like that a lot more than just I, strict challenges. I think I would like that too. The only problem is then you have to watch a lot more video of people on Redemption Island not dueling. That's true. You have to know the strategy behind it. But if there's any season that could do it, it actually would be this one because... If there's, like, two family members in, <laughs> and one of them wins, then obviously they're going to eliminate the non-loved one, you know. Right. Or, since they know that one of them is going to go home anyway, they eliminate their loved one to try to curry favor with the other person and their loved one. That would be, but I don't think it would happen. <laughs> one final twist about Redemption Island is that uh, also whoever gets first in the challenge... Uh, gets a clue to the hidden immunity idol that he gives gets to give to one person currently in the game. So I don't think this is going to have a... Uh, I mean, obviously it will have some impact, but I don't think it will be that tough of a decision. I think if your loved one is still in the game, you're going to give it to your loved one. I mean, so it will be interesting to see, you know, people who don't have a loved one still in the game, what what they would give the, the idol clue to. But, uh, yeah, that's the only other uh, twist of Redemption Island. Anyways, uh, what's the last twist, Jeff? The last twist is the first impressions twist. And that is when when each tribe, after day zero, is going to get to vote off someone from their own tribe and send them directly to Redemption Island. 
So, obviously, disadvantaging the old and the weak and raising up the young and the strong, at least on the family member's tribe. On the returning player's tribe could be anything because you have players who know each other, you have players who don't like each other. Uh, I think we're going to see some pretty disparate votes, if you know what I mean. I'm talking uh, we might see a 4-2-1-1-1 vote or something like that. Yeah, and I... I do not... This is my least favorite twist that they're doing. I would almost have them rather had 18 people and 9 families as opposed to 20 and just removing 2 right off the bat. I, I don't even ever think it's that fun, especially when you're having a returning player and you're automatically sending one away. And it, it right. does give people, certain people, a disadvantage, such as colton who has such a reputation or rupert who uh is so like over the top in character that people might find that annoying there there's certain people that that is automatically are going to be targets in this game yeah absolutely and i think that i think that it's unfair and you know you have jeff Probst who defended redemption island as being you know he loved the losers bracket and he loved the fact that you could you know get lose on saturday and still be playing on sunday and then to throw this twist in kind of takes the wind out of someone's sails before they even have a chance to uh, before they even have a chance to get playing the game. And the really interesting thing about this one is whether or not everyone's going to know who everyone else's family member is, because if they don't know who everyone else's family member is, it's just going to be a random vote on that tribe, you know. Whereas uh, if you know, I'm pretty sure they they can... pretty much know from all their eyeing everyone, they pretty much know who's with who, because oh, all their interviews and everything are done together. And... That's true. I didn't think about that. So, yeah. So, will it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not people vote, uh, you know, did, did Tina Wesson tell her daughter, make sure you align with, you know, Jervis and Rupert or something like that, you know, or Jervis's niece and Rupert's wife, to kind of make alliances together so that way when they come together at the merge they're stronger it'll just be interesting to see how that dynamic works out yeah so those are the twists of the season uh like i said for the most part i'm, I'm optimistic about it i think it could be uh very entertaining and lead to lots of new things that we've never even seen before on survivor a little disappointed that they're eliminated two people right off the bat but hey what are you going to do about it yeah with with a redemption island season and a 20 person season it would be 17 episodes if you didn't get rid of someone quick pretty quickly so yeah. i understand why they did why they're going to do it yeah so let's uh let's start talking about the cast then shall we let's talk about the cast pick a pick a duo and let's talk about them uh let's just start with the one that everyone was talking about from the beginning cat and hayden Cat and Hayden. Very interesting. You have Cat from One World, uh, very, known as a sort of goofy, naivete sort of person out there. Wasn't the brightest. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment is still doing that balancing challenge, and she just jumps in the water for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And sh should I, uh, shouldn't I point out, a former David and Jeff Survivor podcast guest. That's true. We... So she has... Uh, I'm sure she just has an incredible amount of knowledge on the uh, subject of Survivor, seeing as she's been on our show before. Yes, yeah. Makes me want to root for her more. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and then you have Hayden, winner of Big Brother 12. Yes. Yeah, winner of Big Brother 12. Uh, very good social player uh, that we've seen. 
It's it's a question of does Big Brother skills transfer over to Survivor skills? Absolutely, and I think that the answer is probably going to be yes. I feel like he's got a good shot at making it far in this game. Uh, I feel like his downfall could potentially be if people recognize him as a Big Brother winner, which I assume they will. Um, you know, how can they not? And it's not an unknown fact that Cat is dating Hayden. Uh, among the survivor community so i feel like people are going to recognize him right off the bat he could be an early target but i feel like he can grab an alliance pretty quickly he could do really well here's a question that i i'll ask for every couple do you think there's a possibility of them turning on each other i think there's a possibility of hayden turning on cat but not the other way around i'm gonna say no really I, I'm, I'm, by the way, I just want you to know, Kat is the uh, person who I've been spoiled for, so I'm going to refuse to comment on her placement in the game. Okay. Just so you're aware. Just so I'm aware. Gotcha. But uh, any other thoughts on, on Kat and Hayden? Uh, I'm super excited to see them back. I, I've, as you remember, I really love Kat from One World. I thought she was really quirky and funny, and her dances always made me smile in the middle of a pretty boring episode. Uh, Hayden, I enjoyed watching in Big Brother 12, but he was a little, uh, he fell to the background of the Brigade, which was the name of his alliance, because everyone else in his alliance was really, uh, I I don't want to say boisterous and loud, but they were more, uh, auspicious than he was, which is why he won the game, because he was the one who kind of sold, or kind of made the alliance happen without being up in everyone's faces, so... I'm excited to see them back, and I want to see how Hayden's going to translate to Survivor, because uh, it is just a totally different game. It's a lot easier to blindside someone in Survivor than it is in uh, Big Brother. Very true. Uh, yeah, Hayden was even saying himself, that, uh, and Kat was saying too, the difference is, Big Brother, you have a week you know, to, to strategize and plan things out for two people going on the block, and in Survivor you have to do everything in three days, and sometimes it's hours you know, after you lose the immunity challenge that you're scrambling to, to get everything together. So it's a much more fast-paced game than Big Brother. Well, and you, you only have a week, and in Survivor you are building a shelter, gathering food, participating in challenges. I mean, you guys have challenges in Big Brother too, but you're lethargic, you're, you, know, you haven't been sleeping well, you, you know, you've got a lot of other factors uh, in Survivor that just aren't there in Big Brother yeah. that could really, you know... Hayden, we didn't really see much of his him specifically in Big Brother 12. We saw him as kind of a part of the whole. And I feel like uh, perhaps he, he's a really slow player where he likes to work on someone for a while before trusting them. And uh, we might see him kind of have trouble with such a fast-paced game. Yeah, another big difference between Big Brother and Survivor. Uh, Survivor, no costumes. Uh, we're not going to see anyone in a, a clowny tired, unfortunately. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I would love it if Survivor did a clowny tired. I don't know, they've had a Hobbit costume a couple times. Oh, wait, never mind, that was Russell. They had a, a Boy Scout uniform. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the next couple. Let's, uh, let's keep on the uh, One World uh, theme here and go Monica and Brad. Monica and Brad. Uh, I'm one of the people, I'll, I'll speak up for Monica, I liked her in One World uh, as short as she was there, and you know, I think it was a, I think that bringing her and Brad Culpepper back were what, was what the game 
what this twist of bringing family members back was designed to be about. I don't think it was about bringing the best players ever plus a random family member that we've never heard of. It was about bringing back faces that we knew. Brad Culpepper definitely fits that theme. So I'm, I'm okay with them coming back as opposed to some people who have been complaining about, about that. Yeah, I mean, Monica did not do the greatest on uh, Survivor One World, and clearly it was a sense of they wanted Brad on, so Monica came along, and not the other way around. That's absolutely what happened. Uh, I would have preferred, I will say, I would have preferred Taj and Eddie George, because I like Taj and I like Eddie George a lot more than I like Monica and Brad, but I understand why they made that choice to bring back... uh, to bring back Monica and Brad. Yeah, and, and Brad is definitely a character. He's loud, he's outspoken. I mean, he was a football player, but he also, I think he's a lawyer now. So, I mean, he is definitely going to be a, a huge character out there. And I think they needed someone big like that, a big character on the Loved Ones tribe. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, Brad is has been kind of hyped as the villain of the season, it seems like. Oh, really? Uh yeah, I've, I've seen a couple things where, I don't, I don't know if it was Jeff Probst who said that, or maybe it was in the EW article, but Brad was kind of uh, kind of hyped as the villain. Um, I feel like Monica might, she might kill herself trying to get Colton, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh-huh. She, might, she might, you know, hurt herself trying to advocate for Colton's demise, but if she can get through that and make an alliance with someone like Kat, or someone else that she knows, maybe Laura. I mean, her and Laura are very similar. I feel like she could do well, just because she doesn't have the the detriment of being labeled a good player. Well, I even think uh, she said in one of the interviews that she may work with Colton. Uh, put the she said, "Have the devil on your side" or something like that. Uh, really, I did not hear that. So it was on the I think the TVGN preview. Very interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if she def- if she makes it far this time, how she interacts with the other All-Stars, and how Brad re- uh, interacts on his team. Because I think he's definitely going to be one of the people to try to take charge of that that group. Absolutely. Well, shall we, uh, shall we round out the One World cast then? Let's do it. Okay, Caleb and Colton. Obviously, someone who uh, no one expected to be brought back and the reason that I say that is because Jeff Probst said, we will never bring him back, <laughs> if you remember that from back when One World was airing. So what do you think? Should Cal- uh, should Colton be brought back? I, I think it was inevitable. They were trying to get him on season 25, the very next season. So I don't think... I don't think... <laughs> I, I don't think uh, he, he said that right after his episodes aired and wanted to... I, don't, I think he wanted to come off not condoning what he was saying and... and Colton and everything, so I, I thought he'd be back for, for a while, and uh, it's, it will definitely be interesting. I think he's going to be different. I, I don't think he's going to be nearly as personally rude and, and vindictive to people. I think he's learned his lesson, but I do think he's going to still be that cocky, arrogant, scheming type person. Uh, I would agree. I think that overall he's going to play a similar game. Do you buy the fact that he claims to have changed? I don't know if it's he's changed or he's gotten smarter and knows not to do those things. I don't know if he's like all of a sudden a different person. 
But I, I think he's gained some maturity. He's grew up and he's learned that certain things are not acceptable. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think that uh, I mean exactly what you said. It's not. It may not even be that he learned things weren't acceptable, but he learned the consequences of making those views known. Yeah. And thus holds them in. Yeah. Which is just as valuable of a skill. I mean, but. Uh, what what do you think of his fiance or boyfriend? I'm not, I can't remember which. Caleb, I uh, I personally like Caleb. I think Caleb has a big shot at winning. Jeff Probst uh, said that Caleb's super likable too, so I think he's gonna go far. Yeah, Caleb's uh Caleb's really nice. He's hardworking. He he's personable. the The only downfall I see with Caleb is that he's not the he doesn't seem the best strategically. It's almost like he's a, a little bit more submissive, and you sort of have to be uh, being the fiancé to Colton. But I think he's more comfortable letting other people take charge of the strategic decisions, and he would be more of just a go-along, be the workhorse, uh, be nice and likable, which could still get him to win. Uh, it's not ruling him out. But I don't know if he'll be as cutthroat, especially if Colton is not in the game. Yeah, I think you're right, but uh, I do think that there is uh, a lot there that we aren't seeing. Uh, and I'd also like to point out that we have a the potential for some major conflict on the, is it the Tadhana tribe, between Caleb and Sierra Moret. Uh, Jeff Propes was commenting, uh, uh, and this was after the season had aired, so I'd assume something may have happened between these two, but apparently, obviously, Caleb is gay, uh, and Sierra is not accepting of his lifestyle, so uh, it sounded like Jeff Probst was hinting at some conflict that may arise. And I think there may be more conflict confessional-wise. I I don't know if either of them are... I think both of them may be smart enough to know to keep their mouth quiet with each other and then either whisper it to other people and try to get people on their side... Or, you know, bash them in confessionals, but not necessarily a big blowout fight. Right, right. And I'd, I'd imagine that that would be the case as well. And that could be pure speculation, but that's at least what, I, what I've what i heard from Jeff Probst. Well, let's uh, move on off of One World then, and let's go to some old school. Let's do Jervis and Marissa. Jervis and Marissa. I am super duper excited for Jervis to be back. This is a guy who people have been asking back since... Um, oh, since... Well, essentially since when they All-Stars. heard that there was going to be an All-Stars, yeah. Right, like, they, people wanted him back for so long, and I'm so excited that he's finally going to get the chance to play. And I, I don't think there's a single person who isn't excited who watched Borneo, because everyone has been talking about it since. Yeah, uh, Jervis was my favorite of Borneo. Jervis never nervous Peterson. Uh, he just has so much charm to him. How can you not like the guy? It's going to be interesting, though. You know, his season was absolutely, completely a different game than, than we're playing now. So the, in, the question is, can he adapt? Will he be uh, able to, to make it far in the game? Uh, he, said, he said in an interview that he was going to be, you know, he recognizes that the game's different, and he's going to be trying to intentionally get people to slow it down. And not, uh, so I don't know if that will be accepted well or rejected, and he will be ejected. But I think it will be interesting to see how he deals with Survivor in the 27th season as opposed to how he was season one. 
Well, yeah, because season one there wasn't really. It, it was almost like uh, bringing back Chicken George for Big Brother Seven, where when Chicken George played it, it was literally a different game because America decided who went home. Uh, versus this, where obviously uh, people still decided, but it wasn't as strategic of a game. And so I think it'll be interesting to see uh, what he's learned from watching the show on TV and what he, uh, where his shortcomings are. Yeah. And what do you think of Marissa? What do I think of Marissa? I like Marissa. She seems to be one of the most popular players from the side of the families. And I don't know why that is. I like her personally. I just don't, you know, everyone seems to be fawning over a ridiculous amount. So maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing. And I'm not saying that she isn't, uh, that she isn't cool or whatever. I just don't see why there's so much love there. Yeah, I think she has a good personality. Uh, she's definitely going to be a character. I don't think she's going to be a wallflower. But my problem is, I think she's she's very young. She's twenty one years old, and I don't think she quite has learned to to keep her mouth shut and fully listen to people. So I think her problem maybe she maybe is a little too aggressive, a little too talkative, and not holding back enough. Right. So do you think that? Marissa applied for Survivor maybe a couple years ago, and then CBS called Jervis and said, hey, we're doing a family season, so you should, two should come back together? Or do you think that CBS was looking for an old-school player and they found Marissa in the process? I think the second one. I think from what I, from what I know about the casting process is that they went to all the former Survivors and said, hey, we have this idea pick someone that you would like to go play with. So they had the option of picking who they wanted to, to be interviewed and go through the process with. And Jervis chose Marissa. Oh, okay. Apparently Jervis, Jervis says that Marissa is pretty similar to him. So they, they have uh, good personalities. And I think he was intentionally trying to choose someone who wasn't super close to him. You know, like, like his, his children or, you know... Uh, a boyfriend or girlfriend right. or whatever, yeah. That's interesting. Because, yeah. Cause I, know that for, I know that when they called uh, Tina, she had to choose between her two children. Yeah. Um, she, her son and her daughter. Yeah, she said, who do I choose? I choose Kate. I wonder why Tina's husband wasn't an option. Maybe they were looking for someone younger. Or maybe they were like, uh, another thing that could have been swayed is we maybe, yeah, we need younger, we need, uh, female, female, you know, there could have been things. Right. Could have been, it could be any number of things. Yeah. Well, since we uh, st started talking about her, let's do uh, Tina and Katie. Okay. What do you think of Tina and Katie? I like Tina a lot. I think she's a very smart and savvy player and has the ability to go far. She also has the ability to get voted out first, as we saw in All-Stars. But I think the winner's right. mentality is completely different, especially with the group you have here. Uh, and she won so long ago, and actually the most recent thing she did was get voted out first. I think someone pointed out, it may have even been Malcolm in something I was reading that he said, but he, <laughs> she, has, she has the possibility of joining either the Sandra Diaz Twine Club or the Francesco Hoagie Club. <laughs> right. Or doing right. neither, you know. But <laughs> Those are two, that's a two very disparate legacies, right? <laughs> like you, your one, 39 days decides whether you're considered one of the best or one of the worst, right? 
But uh, I, I think Tina has potential to go very far in this game. I think she's very personable. I think as long as her tribe isn't in the, oh, we need to desperately win challenges mode, she, she could, I think she can easily form alliance with people and make it a long way. I'd agree. I think that uh, Tina also is probably going to start to form an old, like maybe an old school alliance with, um, let's see, you have Jervis and, you know, at this point, Aris would be considered old school and then maybe Rupert and uh, seeing where that will take them. But she also has, you know, potentially a winner's alliance with Aris and isn't there another winner in there? Well, Hayden. Aris and maybe, yeah, Hayden, but there, I thought there was, nope. maybe I'm going crazy. Yep. So yeah, I think her and Aris will have a bond because if you remember, Tina, the reason that Tina had such a rough time was because she was a winner. Yeah. Oh, and there was such and a huge so. anti-winner mentality, and that sort of Absolutely. changed. I mean, we saw that in Heroes vs. Villains, that it's not it's not the same as it was. Right. But she was also, you know, she was hurt by it so much that I think that she'll be less willing to let it slide, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think of Katie? Um, you know, I don't get much from Katie. She seems like she's got a good relationship with her mom and everything, but I don't see much there. That is uh, particularly, you know, exciting or anything like that. So she seems bright. She seems smart, but she doesn't seem like a game changer. She seems like someone who could easily get an alliance, work with people, contribute, but not be a mastermind and not really stand out a whole lot. Right. That's exactly. You're exactly right. But that doesn't mean she couldn't win because people have won with that strategy. Absolutely. So it's just uh, uh, I could see her going very far. It's just a matter of she gets with the right people. Yeah, I agree, and I think it'll be interesting to see who she aligns with over on the other side because she'll. I think she more than anyone else will want to play the game with her mom, and will try to align with the people that maybe her mom wants wants to align with. Let's continue the old school train and go with a, a Rupert and Laura. Is Rupert considered old school still? I haven't decided. Yeah, he was before All-Stars, so anyone seasons one through seven. Right, but he's come back so many times now. But he would still be old school. It's where it's when you start, not when you finish. Fair, fair. Um, I would probably... Okay, let's see. I don't think Laura Bonham is going to do very well. I think the only thing maybe that will save Laura is if her husband is going to be able to talk some people into keeping her. But I don't think she's got this strategy thing going on. She just doesn't just doesn't strike me as a overly strategic player. I think Laura Bonham is going to do very well. I'm not, you know, I, I like the fact that she's coming back because she is a returning, or a, a face that we know. But I don't feel like she really has the strategic advantages that some of the other family members do. She's obviously not going to be a huge physical threat. Um... I just I don't see her as a game player or a game changer, and that's confirmed by just about every single uh, just by her being pretty low in just about every single power rankings and poll and everything. I think she's a pretty good candidate to be voted out in the first impressions vote, and I don't think she would fare very well on Redemption Island. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I think Laura. Yeah, she's. I don't know how strong she is physically. So if you have people on this this tribe like Brad um, and and other people maybe like Vitus who are looking for strength and want to win on their tribe, they may want to get Laura out very early just because of that. 
And while she may be social, I mean, I don't know how social she is, but uh, I don't know how if she'll be able to overcome it. And I could definitely see, like, a, a guy's thing forming on the, the loved one's tribe, and that would not be good for Laura because yeah. she'd probably be one of I the mean, first targets. You've got, and yeah, and you've got a lot of alpha males on that tribe. I mean, you have Brad, Hayden, Caleb, who else do you have on? Vitus. John. And John, who are all... You know, alpha males, all pretty strong guys. I don't think uh, Laura's going to do particularly well on that tribe. All right, so we talked about Laura. What do you think of uh, Rupert's chances in this game? I don't think, like, I, 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 I go back and forth with Rupert. You know, part of me thinks that, you know, he's been in the game three times and he's, you know, made the merge three times. He's been eighth place, fourth place, fifth place. So obviously he does have some good knowledge of how to play the game, but I just feel like he's got such a reputation preceding him. And I just don't think he, do I don't think he's coming prepared to play this time. And I think that his reputation might hurt him. Yeah, I think the general consensus from most of the people is that, oh, Rupert, his time's over. Let's see old news sort of thing. Uh, right, and I I think, I mean, he was kind of old news during Heroes vs. Villains, but he st still did really well, so I'm, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I necessarily wouldn't mind him going far. I know there's a lot of people that are now Rupert haters. I, I'm not a Rupert hater since the beginning of, time, of Rupert time. Yeah, it, but it just seems like his, his hardcore fans have sort of went away, whereas the haters remain. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with him winning the million dollars despite... You know, never winning the game. Yeah. So I, I'm not a big, like, Rupert hater. I, I really liked Rupert when he was on Pearl Islands and All-Stars and everything. I was a big Rupert fan. So I'm not anti-Rupert, but at the same time, you know, I don't expect him to do that well. I think his reputation is going to hurt him, and I could see him vote, getting voted off in the first couple episodes. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And uh, I just realized I would like to amend my previous statement that Rupert actually got sixth and not fifth on Heroes vs. Villains. I wanted to get that in there before we got a lot of angry emails. Ah, uh, yes. Way to go, Jeff. Just screwing everything up on the first podcast of the season. Well, you know, I try. All right, uh, next. Let's uh, let's go for the season 12 winner, Aris, and his brother, Vitus. Yeah, I've always been kind of a... I don't know, I don't want to say a spokesperson for Aris, because there are a lot of them kind of around the internet, but I've always been an Aris supporter. I did not like him the first time he won or the first time I watched him win, uh, because he felt, you know, I was like a 13-year-old guy, so I wanted Terry to win because he was dominating all the challenges, and I didn't understand how the game worked. But after the second, third, fourth rewatch, I realized that Aris did a really good job of controlling chaos on his tribe, and I felt like that was, he was kind of like Hayden in that way. He was the least auspicious member of a really crazy alliance. And uh, I, I grew to uh, respect Aris's game much more as I kept rewatching Panama. And so I think Aris has a really good shot. People underestimate his ability as a winner. I mean, even Jeff Probst said that Aris was the most boring winner that Survivors ever had. He's a physical threat. Um, you know, he's a yoga teacher. He uh, obviously is, you know, in good shape, things like that. He's got everything kind of figure out about the game of survivor and i think him both him and his brother are going to do very well yeah i mean yeah. in in one sense i would agree that he isn't the most memorable winner but he did have the wambulance comment i mean that that's right. that probably his most that memorable actually, moment of the whole season 
Uh, that The first time I watched it, that was the reason I didn't like Aris, because my brother and sister used to say that to me all the time, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. That and the, the very first episode, you're like, let's all put our hands on top of each other. Those are the two standout Aris moments. Right, and when you watch that first episode after knowing that Aris wins, when you rewatch that first episode, you're like, this is the guy who won the season? And then as you continue to watch, you realize a little bit more. But yeah, he, he was a little bit crazy there in that first episode. Yeah. But, like you said, has very good social uh, a social game, and I, I expect him, he could go very far this season as well. Yeah. What about and, Vitus? Uh, I, I was going to say, I'd say the same thing about Vitus. I think that Vitus has a very good charm to him. I think that he's learned from his brother. You know, he's had, what, eight or nine years now. No, more than that. Oh, no, like six years. To uh, learn from his brother and hear his brother defend his game. And, you know, I'm sure that when Aris got home and everyone was like, Aris isn't a great winner... Aris sat at home all the time saying, no, 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 I, this is what I, these are the moves I made, this is what I did, how I won the game. And so Vitus, I think, is going to have a really good perspective on how to win the game as a family member of a returning player, which will help him in that kind of pre-merge stage while the family is, uh, while, while the tribes are split by family members. And I think Malcolm Freeberg had made a really good point, which is Vitus has everything Aris has, he just doesn't quite know it which will help Vitus more in the long run. Yeah, and I think it's Rob's sister and you who's saying, you know, Vitus is a little more rough around the edges. Like, he, he's a little more gruff, a little more aggressive probably than Aris is more calm, cool, collected. But it actually could work out in his favor because whereas Aris is, it will be recognized as a huge threat because he doesn't have that many flaws. Vitus, while he does have most of the same qualities of Aris, Maybe people think he's not quite as likable or quite as, uh, you know, uh, socially the best, so then people will will take him longer in the game. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think that's going to work in Vitus's, uh, in Vitus's favor. And, you know, I really like Aris and Vitus. I'm happy that Jeff Probst, even though Jeff Probst thinks that Aris is the most boring winner we've ever had, but he's still willing to bring him back, because I always thought he was kind of overlooked in some of the returning player seasons. Yeah. Well, let's move on to season 18, slash 20, Uh-oh. the always entertaining Tyson and his girlfriend of five years, Rachel. Well, you know, it's weird, because when I heard that Tyson was coming back with, with his girlfriend, Rachel, I was fairly certain that Tyson was gay in Token Sheens. <laughs> and maybe I'm confusing him with the other Mormon gay man, Todd, from China, but I, I was confused, but... I love Tyson. You know this. I think everyone who I've ever talked to about Survivor knows that I adore Tyson in just about every sense of the word. I think he is quite possibly the funniest person to ever play the game of Survivor. I was uh, very upset that he left so early in Heroes vs. Villains, but I found his I found his uh, exit to be pretty appropriate for the type of person Tyson is. And as for this game, I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, that's that's probably not true. I think Tyson will make it around the middle of the game. I don't think he'll do particularly amazingly well, but I think that he'll do pretty well. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think he'll disappoint. He just won't be on our screen for quite as long as we want him to. Yeah, the thing about Tyson, uh, his, his wit is very sharp. I watch his uh, YouTube videos. He just goes around and interviews random places. And the way he's able to socially 
connect with people while making fun of them at the same time and them not getting offended by it all. It's pretty amazing to me. Uh, so I'm sure that will translate over to, to Survivor as we've seen it happen before. But at the same time, I think the thing that Tyson lacks is the just the hardcore competitiveness to actually win. I don't think he has the true, utter desire to do anything to win. I think he's more on there for the adventure, more on there to to be goofy and show off, to have a good time. Sure, he wants to win, but I don't think that's his main objective, if that makes sense. Right, I would agree with you. I mean, I think he's there for the exposure. You know, I don't remember if you... Right after Token Sheens, uh, Oprah had a contest to start a TV show. Yeah, yeah. And Tyson entered that. <laughs> I don't think he won, but he definitely no, he did entered. Not. So I, I, think that he, uh, I think that he's definitely got other motives. And perhaps his motives are just to entertain, which are... It's perfectly fine with me, because I love watching Tyson. Um, as for his girlfriend, I don't really get much from her. I don't know. To, obviously, to date Tyson, you have to be a pretty, pretty strong-willed. But I just don't think I don't see her going far. I don't see much from her. Yeah, uh, she. Like, seemed, how do you feel? She doesn't seem to have a lot of you know, uh, willpower. Just from what I look like, like being out here in the jungle, I think it's going to get to her very fast. And I don't know, especially being separated from Tyson, how she's going to deal with it. I think being on the same tribe, it would have been easier for her. But being separated could could be really rough for her. Right, I agree. And, you know, I think, I think if you're looking at a couple who could potentially turn on each other, I think you're looking at that couple. I think that Tyson and Rachel could potentially, especially, well, especially Tyson turning on Rachel, um, I don't necessarily mean, like, voting for each other, but I mean Tyson, you know, not switching Redemption Island out for Rachel yeah. and kind of letting her go home type of thing, um, which she would feel is a betrayal, that, that sort of betrayal. Yeah, we but forgot yeah, I, to we forgot to to talk about the previous ones uh, who we think would would betray Rupert and Laura. I don't think there's any chance they're gonna backstab each other. Aris and Vitus, I could see it. Um, I could see it, but I feel like they're not gonna put themselves in that position. Yeah, not very likely, but I could see one of them doing it. Uh, Tina and Katie, I would say yes. Yeah, and they mentioned in their interview that that they would be willing to if it helped, and they would understand if the other person did it. So Jarvis, Marissa, in a heartbeat. Again, I think it, I think uh, wouldn't be put in a position, but it's possible. All right, how about Colton and Caleb? You know, I don't really know their, how close they are, how good their relationship is, so I can't. I I say probably. Uh, probably they stay together, or probably they turn. Probably they would. Probably they would betray each other. Oh, okay. Uh, Monica Brad? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we only have a few more people left. Uh, let's do Laura and Sierra. Laura and Sierra. I would first say that I wasn't the, big, uh, the biggest Laura fan during Samoa, but I don't know. I, I, I understand why they brought her back, because she did have, she did have a family member um, who was kind of important to the story they were trying to tell with her because she's a thirty. She was the thirty-nine-year-old grandmother, so I understand why they brought her back. Um, I think her daughter has a lot better chances of winning than she does. Yeah, I think this her is actually an, another case of where they wanted the loved one more than the the survivor. I think they. I think the reason why they ended up getting all the way through to the show is because of Sierra, and I think they were really impressed with her. And since Laura has been on Survivor before, she gets to tag along. Right, right. Because um, Laura wasn't particular. I mean, she, Laura does have the small distinction of being the first person to really kind of out Russell Hance as a dirty scumbag. 
But other than that, she didn't really do much her season. Fight with Shambo, or Shambo fought with her. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and she had a re- probably one of the best confessionals of the season, which was, you'll never guess, there's fish in the ocean. I, I do think Sierra is probably quite a bit more poised to win the game. Laura seems maybe a bit too hot-headed, a bit too opinionated. Sierra seems like she at least has a social conscience. and I mean, she's been through a lot in her, what what is she, 24 years old? Yeah. She's been through a lot in 24 years, so I think she's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, I think Sierra can go really deep into this game. I think she can make a solid alliance. She can be sociable. She can be hardcore when she needs to be. Um, and, and she definitely, I think, has what it takes to potentially win. Laura, I think, is just sort of one of those middle people. I think she's someone, I don't think she'll be a first boot. At the same time, I don't see her orchestrating her way to the finals and winning. Yeah, I would agree. We have the last couple on our list, Candace and John Cody. Formerly known as Candace Woodcock. What are your thoughts? Well, these are the people that almost didn't even make it on the show. Uh, much and to everyone's disappointment. Really, really almost didn't make the show. Like, were called and flown in at the very last minute, Didn't almost didn't make the show. Yeah. RC and, uh, was supposed to be on with her dad, but her dad did not pass the physical, and her, his blood pressure was super high. So it was, uh, they had to go, and Candace and John were the alternates, and ready to, to take it on. Right, well, Candace and John were actually alternates for another male-female pair. Uh, they didn't say who it was for, but they were expecting another male-female pair to maybe not make it. And so Candace and John were on standby, so that way they could still have the split of blood and water. Uh-huh. But when RC, they didn't have an alternate for RC and Craig because they didn't expect there to be any problems. Yeah, and from what I heard, RC's father was, like, phenomenal. Oh, really? Like, they, I, I had they really enjoyed R.C.'s father just as much as they did R.C. See, and you remember, I was not the biggest R.C. fan. Um, yeah, so I do think that it would have been somewhat entertaining to see R.C. back. I think that she would have been, been a lot better if uh, Abby Maria wasn't on the island with her. Um, but I do feel like if they bring her back for a future season, it may be with, like, a rival season or something like that. And I think Abby Maria is going to be there with her, so... Could could be. Who knows? So let's talk about the replacements, Candace and John. What do you think? You know, I was I liked Candace the first time I watched Cook Islands. Like I mentioned before, during that time I was maybe twelve or thirteen. Um, so I, I liked Candace well enough. I wasn't particularly fond of her in um, Heroes versus Villains, just because she didn't really do anything. I didn't think she really deserved to be brought back in Heroes versus Villains. But I think that she is not destined for greatness in this season of Survivor. I feel like she has the reputation of being a flip-flopper and betraying people. Um, We've seen that twice, once through a mutiny, and once when she helped the villains in Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. So I feel like she's got that history behind her, which among returning players is not a stigma that you want to wear. Yeah, it's definitely not very uh, trustworthy based on her reputation, and it, it could come back to, to haunt her in this game as well. Right. As for her hu- uh, husband, uh, you know, I don't... I, I, he's another one I'm not really getting much from. Uh, I, I like him well enough, but he just seems like he might kind of be the... Uh, just the generic male strong guy of the season. 
I don't know. I think comparatively to Candace, I think John uh, could go very far in this game. I think he he's sort of very social, charismatic, and I think he he uh, seems a lot more calm, cool, and collective than Candace. And I think that could do him very well. I could see him getting into a solid alliance uh, on the the family member side and going very deep into the game. And I think when he does get out, it will be because he's a threat. Right. To win the I, game. I wasn't saying he won't do well. I was just saying he's just kind of generic. Okay. So we talked all right. about all twenty, all ten couples. So now it's time to get to our power rankings. So we'll we'll start at twenty. Uh, well, I'll start at my twenty, and then we'll start at nineteen for you and myself, and we'll keep going until we have our number ones, and those will be our picks to win this season. Okay. You ready? Yes. Alright, so my number 20, I actually have Candace. I don't think Candace can win. Like we said, her reputation of being a huge flip-flopper makes her one of the most untrustworthy, disloyal people in Survivor. I think she has a worse reputation than even Rupert or Colton at this point from the other people's perspective. So, and from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, yeah, not from a, a viewer perspective. From a gameplay perspective. And the fact that she just came on last minute, I think... It's you know a lot of the game is even looking at people before the game actually starts. So even coming at the last minute could be a disadvantage. Um, so I don't I don't envision a scenario where Candace is the winner of this season. So I have her at twenty. I would agree. Should I start with nineteen then? Start with nineteen. My number nine, and again, just so if you if you don't remember, I'm not doing twenty because I was spoiled about the uh, boot order of one of the castaways. My number nineteen is Laura Bonham. Uh, I think that she might be a victim of the first impressions vote, and I just I don't see her going very far in the game. I, it's just I don't think she can win. I think that she'll fall into the background compared to her husband, and yeah, that's I don't really have too much else to say. My number nineteen is her counterpart, Rupert. I don't think Rupert has a chance of winning. Like we said, it's possible if he gets an alliance, he can make it down the line. But I don't even think he'll make it to the final tribal council. And even if he does, I don't think he'll win. So, but uh, David, you're forgetting that one hundred percent of the fourth time players have one survivor. So, <laughs> following that trend, Rupert looks pretty good. The four timers, yes. I don't think that's going to happen for Rupert. I'm sorry, he's still at 19. <laughs> well, my I'll go next with my number 18 then. My number 18 is someone who's already been mentioned, Candace Cody. Um, I feel like she has all the disadvantages that you mentioned, but I feel like she has one more that I don't know if the players know about or not. And if, if they do, then I think it's a huge disadvantage, which is that she is at, not really at fault, but the blame of it is going to be put on her that they are not playing with their family members on their original tribes. It is because of her and her husband that they aren't doing that. If the players know that, I feel like they could seek retaliation pretty quickly. Interesting. But uh, in addition to everything else that you already mentioned. Yeah. My uh, my 18 is someone we did not have high hopes for, and that was Rachel, Tyson's girlfriend. I don't see a scenario where she's winning. Uh, I could see a scenario where she's dragged along, but I don't think she's going to be making games moves. I don't think she's going to respect be respected, even if she somehow made it to the finals. I can see that, or I can see what you're saying. I mean, my number 17, Katie Wesson. 
I feel like if she is going to make it far into the game, it will be with her mother's help, and it will be because of a more dominant mem- because of more dominant members of the alliance. Uh, she just doesn't seem like she has the killer instinct, and I think that's going to hurt her even if she does sit in front of a jury. My 17 uh, was someone you mentioned already, Laura Boneham. I just think, uh, like yourself, not going to fit in with her tribe. Could be the first one out on the first impression. Don't expect her to go very far. 16 for me is someone you already mentioned, Rachel, for all the reasons that you said. Uh, I just don't see much potential there. Yeah, 16 for me is Monica. Again, someone who I could see make it far, but I don't think they'll vote for her to win. I don't think she has the respect. I don't know if she's quite self-aware enough to, to really have a true impact in the game and come away the winner. My number, and I'll have you know that when I originally did my list, my number 16 was Monica as well. My number 15 is Colton Cumby. Um, I feel like his reputation will precede him that he will, I just don't see him sitting in front of a jury and making an argument for why he should win and having the jury buy it. I just don't think that's a likely scenario. Yeah. My 15 is Tyson. Like I said, I just don't think he has that killer instinct. I don't think he'll he'll make it to the end. I don't think people will take him, and I don't think he has enough to be able to, to truly want to even make it to the end. I have Tyson as my number 14. Um, I, all the things you just said. I feel like if he sits in front of a jury, there's a chance that he could make a good argument as to why he should win. Um, we've seen him try to be strategic in the past. It just fails miserably for him. <laughs> so if he can try to be strategic and maybe succeed, I could see him making a good argument as to why he should win. I just don't see him getting to that point. Fourteen, I have Marissa. I think she's too young and outspoken and, like I said, doesn't uh, have enough perception of how she comes off to everyone else, and I think that will hurt her and ruin her chances of winning. My number 13, someone who we've already mentioned, Rupert Bonham. Uh, Again, all the reasons you've already said. I give him a little bit better odds simply by virtue of him being a returning player. And uh, family members potentially respecting him. You know, he could be the father figure of the season, possibly, if someone's, like if, uh, let's say, Jervis gets voted off early, he could potentially be a father figure to uh, Marissa or uh, to a cat if Hayden gets voted out early. So I feel like he's got the potential to win. I don't feel like he's going to execute, but I feel like he does have a little bit better of a chance. Uh, My 13 is cat. I just... uh... I don't think Kat has it in her to, to win the game. I think people do have a perception of her being naive and immature, and I don't think that's fully going to change just from this, and I don't know if she'll have enough respect uh, to win the game in the end. My 12 is Candace's husband, John. Uh, I think that he's there's no way they're going to let him get too deep into the merge just because of how big of a physical threat he would be. But also, I don't really see him putting together the proper arguments to win over a jury. Uh, if he were to win, it would think it would be more personality-based and less uh, based on the arguments. I don't think he could sway me, but I feel like you know he has a little bit better of a chance of swaying a regular jury. But still, I put him at 12. Yeah. My number 12 is Brad Culpepper. I think he's a little too loud, outspoken. I could see him taking charge. I could see him being strategic, maybe even make it to the end. But I think people will be more put off by him and won't want to vote for him to win. My number 11 is his husband. 
his wife, not his husband, <laughs> his wife, Monica Culpepper, uh, I feel like she has the benefit of not having a reputation, which will help her early in the game, but she doesn't have a reputation, which could hurt her late in the game. Yeah, so to I me, I see, I see Monica almost being like a Sherry if she gets to the end. Yes, there, there you go. Um, but, I, I mean, we did see some sort of, you know, sparks of things that could be really good for her in one world. I see her, though, getting into a fight with Colton pretty early on. And my number 11 is Colton. Uh, like a, like you were saying, I, he has a reputation. I think it could be overlooked. I think if he came and dominated the season strategically and, and not rubbed too many feathers again, I think people could vote for him and respect his gameplay. But do I think that he's actually going to be in the power position this season? I don't. So Number 10 for me is Laura Moret. Um, this is also like... my number 10, by the way. Oh, good. Um, I feel like she just, she's got the ability to get far in the game. We've seen that. She's a little hot-headed, and she's a bit um, brash, I feel like, to win over a jury. She kind of says what she's thinking and uh, doesn't really consider sometimes what other people are thinking of it. And like I said earlier, if she sits at the end with really anyone, I feel like they'd put a better argument. But especially her daughter has a much better chance of her than winning. Yeah, she's number ten for reasons. She's right in the middle. She doesn't. She doesn't have necessarily huge flaws, but she doesn't have great advantages either. Right. My number nine is Tina Wesson. Oh. Uh, I really like Tina. First of all, I, sh- I should preface with that. Um, I I was always a huge Tina fan. I think that Tina is going to get the benefit of being a winner, but a winner from long ago in the uh, eyes of her original tribe, and I feel like she will do a good enough job, like she did when she was in the Australian Outback, of being a integral member, but not an outspoken member of an alliance. And uh, it'll just be dependent. I feel like the only difference is, I don't think she would she can win in the same exact way in front of a jury. Juries have obviously changed over the past 27 seasons, and I don't feel like they would vote for the same reasons that they did two years ago, or 13 years ago. Interesting. My number nine is Katie Wesson. Uh, like like we said before, she doesn't seem to have a... She seems to be bright, intelligent, but maybe not the one who's going to be in control and, and taking charge of things. Like I said, if she's up in the finale against some goats or some people really dislike, I can see her winning, but I don't think that she's the odds-on favorite at this point. Right. My number eight is Marissa Peterson. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I think she's a little outspoken, a little bit young. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. She can be used as a, you know, as a bulletproof vest for an alliance. I feel like uh, she's the type of person some people would protect simply to use as a vote. And I feel like she has enough intellect about the game, maybe not socially, but strategically, to where she could make it a, a fair distance into the game. So I'd have her at eight. My number eight is Caleb. Um, like we said, I think he's very sociable, very charming, uh, very likable and can go far. I think the only thing that he's lacking is the strategic gameplay, which maybe he'd more be relying on Colton. So if he makes it to the end and there are some other more strategic people that are somewhat liked or respected, I could see him losing. So I have Caleb at number eight. Okay. My number seven is Brad Pepper. Uh, you already mentioned him. I 
I think he was around 10 on yours. 12, yeah. Uh, 12, yeah. Uh, Brad Kopepu is kind of is kind of been branded as the villain of the season, it seems like, and so he loses respect for that. Usually, you know, you don't see the villain winning very often. But if he does play a strategic game, I could see a situation in which he brings a goat to the uh, to the finals and wins over just uh, out of respect of the way he played the game. You know, if he's a strategic villain rather than simply a villain who is all the time yeah my number seven is john cody uh candace's husband i think he's charming likable has a good social game but also can be very strategic i can see him going far i can see him in the finals winning his only problem is actually going to be getting to the finals and people not wanting to vote him out because he is such a big threat yeah my number six is hayden um, I think Hayden has the advantage of being a previous winner of a game like this and winning in a way that people have won in Survivor by being, you know, not the most outspoken member of an alliance. I feel like Hayden's problem is he, I think he's a bit cocky, and I think that having Cat with him might weigh him down a little bit in terms of uh, strategy. I think if he's willing to cut her loose, he could go pretty far in the game. If he's kind of dragging her along, it could end up hurting him a bit more than it does other couples, but uh, I like Hayden's odds on this one. Yeah, my number six is Jervis. I think uh, I think he's very sociable, gets along well. I can see him going very far in the game. If he gets to the end, he could very potentially win. I think his problem is going to be his need to adapt and change from the way he played all the way back in season one. I think that could be a disadvantage, and it, it could make people lose respect and maybe not have as good of odds of winning. Yeah, my number five is Jervis. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think, kind of like Monica, he doesn't have a reputation among too many of the uh, people who... Well, I, I don't... I mean, I think people will forget his reputation. He doesn't have the reputation of being strategic. That's for dang sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he is a sociable guy. I think that... Um, when he first played, he maybe was a bit like his niece, where he didn't understand how he was coming off to people. But I feel like now that he's, you know, he's 13 or 14 years older than he was, he's probably learned those skills and uh, has a really good shot at winning. I think an old school alliance would benefit him greatly, along with Tina. Yeah, my number five is Aris. Uh, I think we we talked about Aris and Vitus, and I think Vitus has a better chance because Aris is has very few flaws. I think he is very good socially, very good strategically, and very good physically. I think he's an all-around very good survivor player. Unfortunately, that means people who are very perceptive and aware of that will try to get him out, you know, before it gets too close to the end. So uh, if he's at the end, I could see him winning again, but I think he has a difficult road to actually make it to the final. My number four is Sierra Moret. That is also um, my number four. Yeah, I, I, like we've talked about, we, I like her odds. I think that she has uh, gone through a lot in her 24 years. She has a lot of experience. She's uh, strong, but not so strong that she's going to be voted out for being a physical threat. Um, I think her hardest thing will be convincing a jury that someone as young as she is was really... Because I feel like returning player seasons tend to respect... Uh, people who were a bit more subtle in their gameplay but can still create a good argument for why they won. And I feel like it's going to be hard to convince the jury that someone so young did that. 
Yeah, I think Sierra has good odds of getting it to the end, and I think if she gets to the end, she has good odds of winning, but it all depends on who she goes up against. So if she's up against two people who are, are very strategic and respected, I think she'll probably lose. If she goes up against some people that uh, maybe have ruffled some feathers or haven't really done anything, I think she has a very good chance of winning. Yeah. My number three is Aris. Um, I disagree with you, David. I think that most people are not going to be perceptive to how he won the game and uh, won't realize the subtlety and the mastery that goes into winning a game in that manner and then creating an argument to win of how you won the game leading up to it in the final Tribal Council. So I give Aris a lot of credit for being able to do that, and I think that he's going to be able to do it just the same. He is a winner who has the rare opportunity to win in the exact same way that he won the previous time, and not many people can say that. You know, you only have a couple winners who I think could pull that off. You have the Sepia, Sandra, and Aris, maybe, maybe Tina, but most winners are going to be figured out, but I don't think that his style will be, and I give him a lot of uh, a lot of props and a lot of good chances to win the game. See, my number three is the reason why I don't think Aris will uh, get to the end, and that's because my number three is Tina, and I think she's one of the most perceptive people to actually play the game. And I think she's well aware of Aris and how big of a threat he is if he actually makes it to the end. So while I think they could have a very tight alliance to go very far in the game, I think... Tina will be perceptive enough to want to get Aris out before it's too late. And I think Tina has even more of a mask than Aris does, and people will uh, once again underestimate her and see her as just, oh, the sweet lady who won season two, and not realize how much of a perceptive and social player she truly is. So I have her at number three. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, David, and I think you're absolutely right. I think the question of maybe the entire season is how far will Tina make it? You know, if she makes it to the merge, I think that you're right, and she'll get rid of ours uh, pretty soon after. Uh, but I think she does have the potential to go pre-merge, which is why I put him above her. Mm-hmm. My number two pick is... Oh, by saying my number two, I get to reveal my number one as well, or at least people might be able to figure it out if they're keeping track at home. My number two is Caleb, uh, Colton's fiance. Jeff Probst always talks about who he thinks would uh, would be a good winner and who he thinks would who he thinks will make it far in the game, and he usually does an okay job of pegging who that will be. And this way, this year he picked Caleb before the game started, and I, I have to say I agree with him. I think Caleb's likable. I think that Caleb has a you know a pretty good uh, head on his shoulders in terms of social game, strategic game maybe not quite as much, but I feel like uh, when you have a really good social game, the strategic game doesn't matter quite so much. Um, so I feel like if Caleb can get himself into a good alliance with some family members beforehand, I feel like he could go pretty far. Yeah, my number two is Vitus. Uh, I think Vitus has a huge potential to win the game. I think the only thing for Vitus is a is again the same thing with Aris and the same thing with with you know John and and Caleb and all these people is they are are the other people perceptive enough to take them out. And uh, I think while more people will go after Aris and Caleb and John, Vitus, I think, has, like we said, is a little more rough around the edges, and I think he could make it to the end, but still be very well respected and get the votes to win. There's just one other person who I think has even better odds, so I had to pick them. Right. 
My number one, as you may have figured out by the process of elimination, is Vitus. I think that Vitus, I, I mean, everything you just said is absolutely true. Um, I think that his kind of more natural, like you said, being rough around the edges will help him. I think that he's not quite as aware of who he is as his brother is. Um, so that will help him as well because he's not maybe as cocky, not as arrogant. And, uh, you know, he's just, he seems like a calm, collected guy who can just go in, do what needs to be done, and come out with a million-dollar check. And that's why I, I pick Vitus as my uh, pick to win Survivor Blood versus Water. And my pick to and, win... And I was, I was going to say before you do that, I would like everyone to keep in mind that last year I picked not only the first place person, but the second place person as well from, uh, from the get-go. So I just want that to be kept in mind. Uh, who are you counting as your second place? Because two people tied. I had Dawn, I had Dawn and Cochran in, okay. the, uh, in the finals with Corinne. Yeah, how'd Corinne and, turn out yeah. for you? <laughs> well, no, Corinne didn't turn out too well, but uh, Dawn and Cochran both made the finals, so I'll, call, I'll chalk that up to, to a win. All right. My uh, my pick to win is actually Hayden, uh, Big Brother winner. I think Hayden is a master at the social game, and I think that he could very possibly win on his social game alone. I think there's a couple people that stand in his way, mainly Tina and Aris. I think they're perceptive enough to know a good other good social player when they see one. But I think if the the family members can get a majority, I could see them edging out the, the favorites and maybe Hayden taking it all away. I think in the finals, I think he'll be able to state his case perfectly well. I think he'll be able to build relationships with people. And he's strong enough not to you know get voted off too early. Uh, it's all a matter of how big of a target will he have, and I think he'll be able to overcome it. So I'm picking Hayden as my winner. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I just think that he, uh, he's he got maybe too big of a target, and he's a bit too cocky for me. But I totally agree with you that he'll do very well. I don't think he's that cocky. I think uh, I think he's as cocky as as other people in the game, Vitus, Aris, and <laughs> less cocky than Brad. <laughs> but that's not too hard. <laughs> right, right. Well, David, I think that we've got a really exciting season on our hands. I'm personally really excited to see it start and to see where it goes. Um, we've got a lot of interesting twists that I think could go either very well or very poorly. Good characters. What do you think? Yeah, I'm really excited. It premieres September 18th. It's a 90-minute premiere, uh, and I am greatly looking forward to it. And we will be recording uh, soon after that our first uh, podcast talking all about uh, sort of the premiere of Blood Worth's Water, and hopefully we'll have a, a special guest with us as well. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, I I think that's uh, a, I think we've had a pretty good job of uh, wrapping up who's in the season and what we think of them. We'd really like to know your thoughts as well. So make sure that you comment on our Facebook page, David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast, or at our website, SurvivorPodcast.blogspot.com. Yeah, also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Uh, rate us, subscribe us, give us stars, favorite us, do whatever you want. Uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will see you after the premiere, September 18th of Survivor, Blood vs. Water. Goodbye. Bye.